Hawks from, I'm guessing, Fort Worth. I don't know that for sure, but, uh, J.D., it's good to have you on with us. Hey, John, good to talk to you. Yeah, I, I am in the Metroplex. I'm not necessarily in Fort Worth today, but I am I'm uh, up here in the uh, – the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, waiting for a snowstorm to hit this weekend. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it could get a little nasty here on Sunday, but uh, we'll just hunker down and, and be ready for whatever happens. Well, we've, I'm looking for two fronts coming in. Number one, the Baylor Bears coming in tomorrow, <laughs> just raining all kinds of three-pointers and dunks and whatnot, and then, you know, followed uh, Sunday morning by – buy some snow we're going to get the we're going to get the double whammy up here in Fort Worth I think that's good can I uh or can Pat and I you know if we can't get out on Saturday I mean we're just driving to Waco but if we can't get out can we come by your place yeah yeah we've got you know I'm we're empty nesters now we've got two empty bedrooms and I've, I've got a blind Alaskan husky who hates men so uh <laughs> His name's Kodiak and he can he can sleep with uh with Pat that'll keep Pat okay. on his toes that sounds good. Good. That sounds like a great <laughs> match there. So appreciate yep. that. Very kind offer. Uh, yeah, y'all are all set. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks very much. How about, uh, let's go back to Tuesday. Uh, how did you and Brian navigate a 9 p.m. tip-off against the Jayhawks? Well, I'll tell you what, John, you and I have been doing this about the same length of time. And, you know, there's I don't ever have problems getting up for a game, whether it's football or baseball or basketball or equestrian or whatever it might be. But man, right. I'm going to tell you what, I mean, nine o'clock, that's pushing it back to uh, Brian and my time in the Mountain West conference when we, you know, we'd have to go right. to San Diego state or UNLV and, you know, it'd be a seven o'clock tip out there and nine o'clock central. I mean, that, you know, you start sniffing 60 and that, that gets to be work. I mean, <laughs> right. it's time to go for exactly. coffee at halftime just so you can finish and, you know, I was kidding him the other night. I said, you know, we're going to go double overtime on this thing, and you can just go straight back to work at WBAP. You won't even yeah. go to bed. But, um, that, you know, that that is work for announcers. I don't know if people realize that, but those late-night starts can, can be tough. I agree. Well, we had an 8 o'clock start on uh, on Wednesday against Oklahoma here, and that's that's a little more normal, but yours was even an hour after that. Uh, what what about the double uh, that you guys get uh, Kansas and then turn around and, and play Baylor? Uh, that's uh, that's a pretty tough double, but again, in this league, you're going to have strings and stretches like that where everybody is really really good. Well, when the schedule first came out, I went over and talked to Jamie Dixon, the head coach. I said, "What did you do, or what did you say to somebody at the at the Big Twelve office?" to get that because I mean you talk about a double stack of, of flapjacks here. I mean and 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 you know, you're right. You're gonna get you're gonna get some back to backs on the road or you know, it's just gonna happen. Everybody's gonna have to deal with it through the course of the season. But uh, unfortunately for TCU, uh the front end of that was catching Kansas after a twenty five point bopping. Right. I mean, who in the world would have ever thought that? I mean I, I know Texas has improved but you know, I've, I've got to believe that that's a game that is probably the most impacted by COVID that I've seen this year. I mean, there's no way with a full crowd at Allen Fieldhouse that Texas goes in there and beats them by 25 points. I mean, right. I, I, I can't believe it. And of course, you know, Bill Self's, you know, beside himself. And I'm sure those, those practices weren't fun. But KU came in and they had an axe to grind and a point to prove. 
And, I mean, TCU really was never in the game, got within four points late in the first half. But, I mean, they were on a mission, and they looked like the number six team in the country. Yeah, man, that is tough. That's a tough draw. How about uh, how about your team this year? You got some veteran guys, some returning players. R.J. Nimhart is leading the league in scoring. Kevin Samuels uh, has been around forever, and he's still there and playing well in the post. But you got a lot of young guys on this roster, also like uh, like Miles. Uh, some really tell us about some of those young players. Well, I tell you, and I think that's a lot of the key to. You know, what happens tomorrow is how, how do some of these new guys and young guys, because, I mean, we've got some new guys like Chuck O'Bannon, who's not a not a youngster, but he's new to the program. Uh, he was about the only guy that stepped up the other night against Kansas. He had 18 points. That's his best game at, at TCU. But you mentioned Nimhard, who is a guy that is a perfect example of why kids need to stay in programs and, and progress. He's a fifth-year senior. He's progressed. He's he's become a leader on the team. You got Samuel with size inside, and then really, I think Mike Miles is the freshman who's a really good guard. I mean, he looks like one of those young small guards you'd see at Kansas year in and year out. Probably the best point guard that we've had in 20 years as a freshman. He's averaging almost 14 points a game, and I think he's ahead of schedule. I I think he plays more like a junior. He's very heady. Doesn't get rattled. The other night, though, Kansas locked down on him. And for the first time, he looked like a freshman. He didn't score. That's the first game that he hasn't scored in this year. And uh, I think Mike Miles is going to – it's going to be fun to watch him tomorrow and see, you know, how he steps up and, and, and bounces back. Uh, some of the other guys that have to contribute, I think, for TCU tomorrow, Fran Farabello, who's a, a point guard who will back up Miles. Farabello can come into the game and Miles can move to the two if they've got to get Nimard out of the game. Farabello's – arguably the best ball handler that TCU has. And I think that's going to be a key tomorrow because the Frogs cannot afford to get into a situation where they're turning the, the ball over a lot. Baylor forces a lot of turnovers. You know, the Frogs have got to take care of the basketball. And I think, John, a big big part of it, aside from getting some contributions from Chuck O'Bannon and, and, and Kenny Easley and P.J. Fuller, along with Farabello, is you've got to you've got to hang in there the first ten minutes and not get blown out because this is a TCU team that if they've gotten hit in the mouth early in games, Kansas is a perfect example the other night, and then about a month ago, Providence came in and just absolutely knocked them right in the jaw early, and the Frogs were never in that game. If the Frogs can settle in, you know, get to the under twelve timeout with without being down fifteen early then they've got a chance because they seem to kind of assess themselves on a game by game basis. And I think, I think that's a lot of it's going to be the key. Just don't get blown out early and kind of get the matchups going, get into some rhythm and get some success early across the board with some scores. The frogs only have three players that, that average in double figures, but they've got some other guys that are capable that are in the five to seven point area. If, if they can spread the load a little bit and, you know, probably, more than anything, and I'm I'm all over the place, but I'll tell you, I think defense is going to be huge tomorrow. The Frogs were not good with interior defense against Kansas. They got to the lane. They got to the rim almost uh, unabated at times, and uh, the Frogs have got to do a bit better job inside. Interior defense was, was critical against Baylor or Kansas, and I think it's going to be tomorrow against the Bears. John Denton, our guest, longtime color analyst for TCU. 
John, uh, you know, Kevin Samuel is such a presence defensively, and uh, it just feels like they, they don't give him enough touches offensively. I know they got him some lobs in that KU game, but um, is there anything they can do to get him more involved on the offensive end of the floor? Well, you know, I think, number one, the early on in the game, the guards have got to be hitting threes and hitting jump shots and pull the defense out a little bit. I mean, they want to, they're trying to get the ball into Kevin Samuel. Kansas did a really good job of doubling him the other night and making life miserable for him. I mean, he's, he's averaging 10 points a game, but you know, the rest of the guys have got to stretch the floor and get, have some success early shooting outside to open things up for him a little bit. His hands are so much better. He's improved so much better uh, in the last two years. And especially since last year, if, if they're able to, to get into some rhythm where they can, you know, run the pick and roll and do some things like that, that's going to be tough against Baylor because they're so good defensively. But uh, they're trying to get Kevin Samuel the ball. It's just that that uh, that's that's one of the things that teams have come in and, you know, they're they're just hell-bent on taking that away. One team that they tried to and really couldn't do it was Oklahoma State. The win on the road at Oklahoma State, Kevin Samuel had a lot to do with that down the stretch. John, you know that is uh, our resident Horn Frog. That is Stephen Simcox in the studio with that oh. uh, pointed oh, yeah. question. You know that, okay? Hey, I just I, want to make hey, sure. I, I, I could tell. I could tell there was some inside info there. He'd, he'd oh done, yeah. He'd done some 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 research, and I promise I hadn't tipped him off. I didn't provide him anything. <laughs> I, I promise. <laughs> you would you would tell him before you would tell me. I understand, but he is locked oh, on yeah. frogs. So yeah. uh, just know that. And and I also mentioned to him about the uh, very nice gift you gave me at one point, uh, the TCU equestrian cap, and he tried to get oh, yeah. it from me. I, I can't give that away. I mean, I would be uh, an Indian giver if you gave me that, and I tried to give it away. So, I, well, Stephen, I'll, I just can't. I'll talk to uh, I'll talk to the equestrian staff and see if I can I can pull another one of those coveted TCU equestrian caps uh, out of the equipment room. We, I'll tell you what, uh, equestrian teams got some good swag. Uh, I don't, I don't want, I don't wear a lot of boots and chaps and that kind of stuff. But uh, they, they've got, you know, people talk about football uniforms. The, the equestrian swag is pretty strong. I'll, I'll see what I can do. There you go. That's good. Yeah. So you're not wearing chaps tomorrow to the basketball game? No, I, I hate to disappoint. I won't be, won't be wearing that tomorrow. Will you and, uh, will you and Pat be wearing those optic uh, green socks that I gave you last year for good luck in the tournament that never took place? Yeah, maybe so. I came across those. We moved back in October, but I came across those uh, the other day. I know right where they are, so I might uh, I might uh, pull those out for tomorrow. Well, like I told you and Pat last February when I gave them to them, those have a those have a final four run in them. I mean, you know, mm. use them use them carefully. But I think <laughs> there's a final four run in there. Well, that's good. We didn't we didn't use it up last year, so that's still <laughs> in there. Then, hey, final thought: uh, what what are we in for there at Schulmeyer Arena? Are you guys at twenty five percent? What's what's the atmosphere been like for your home games? It's twenty five percent. It's uh, you know it's strange. Uh, we had you know it's a maximum of sixteen hundred seats. So uh, you know over on the side where the benches are, where there used to be club seats, there's no no fan seating there. Uh, all that's taken up with with bench seating and, and team operational stuff. Uh, all of the media and all the what I call Gucci Row donor seating has all been moved off the floor on the opposite side. Uh, we're up high uh, you know, with a good good uh, angle point of view. We're up in the corner, but uh, it's a it's a good setup, and uh, you can see what's going on. And um, it, you know we'll. 
I fully expect we'll have, you know, the full 1600 there tomorrow. A lot of Baylor fans in the Metroplex. And uh, I think the frog fans are interested to see how this team bounces back. Cause this is, this is a team I think's overachieved so far with the nine wins, John. And they, they just only two weeks ago got to where they had everybody through COVID and were able to, you know, work out as a full squad, but they've got some questions to answer after getting their brow, uh, brains beat in by Kansas and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what this young team uh, has. It's it's Jamie's most athletic team that he's had since he's been at TCU. Wow. All right. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for the visit, and uh, always appreciate your hospitality. We'll see you up there tomorrow. All right, John. Y'all travel safe.